My name is Professor Rachel Bodell, and you're listening to The Bible in a Year, the story podcast, where we encounter a living God that is calling us to live a life from, with, and for Him. This podcast is designed to help you listen to the one connected story of the Bible and understand it perhaps just a little bit better by learning from biblical scholars that have helped me. We will read the Bible out loud and explore how the one connected story of the kingdom of God is unfolding and how we fit into that story today. This is day 172, and I'm reading from the NIV version of the Bible, Isaiah 41 through 43 and Ezekiel 4 and 5. Isaiah 41, be silent before me, you islands. Let the nations renew their strength. Let them come forward and speak. Let us meet together at the place of judgment. Who has stirred up one from the east, calling him in righteousness to his service? His hands nations over to him and subdues kings before him. He turns them to dust with his sword, to windblown chafe with his bow. He pursues them and moves on unscathed. By a path his feet have not traveled before. Who has done this and carried it through? calling forth the generations from the beginning. I, the Lord, with the first of them, and with the last, I am He. The islands have seen it and fear. The ends of the earth tremble. They approach and come forward. They help each other and say to their companion, Be strong. The metal worker encourages the goldsmith, and the one who smooths with the hammer spurs on the one who strikes the anvil. One says of the welding, It is good. The other nails down the idol so it will not topple. But you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, you descendants of Abraham, my friend, I took you from the ends of the earth, from its farthest corners, I called you. I said, You are my servant. I have chosen you and have not rejected you. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. All who rage against you will surely be ashamed and disgraced. Those who oppose you will be as nothing and perish. Though you search for your enemies, you will not find them. Those who wage war against you will be as nothing at all. For I am the Lord your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear, I will help you. Do not be afraid, you worm Jacob, little Israel, Do not fear, for I myself will help you, declares the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. See, I will make you into a threshing sledge, new and sharp with many teeth. You will thresh the mountains and crush them and reduce the hills to chafe. You will winnow them, the wind will pick them up, and a gale will blow them away. But you will rejoice in the Lord and glory in the Holy One of Israel." The poor and needy search for water, but there is none. Their tongues are parched with thirst, but I, the Lord, will answer them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. I will make rivers flow on barren heights and springs within the valleys. I will turn the desert into pools of water and parched ground into springs. I will put in the desert the cedar and the acacia, the myrtle and the olive. I will set juniper in the wasteland, the fir and the cypress together so that people may see and know, may consider and understand that the hand of the Lord has done this, that the Holy One of Israel has created it. Present your case, says the Lord. Set forth your arguments, says Jacob's king. Tell us your idols. 
What is going to happen? Tell us what the former things were so that we may consider them and know their final outcome or declare to us the things to come. Tell us what the future holds so that we may know that you are God's. Do something, whether good or bad, so that we will be dismayed and filled with fear. But you are less than nothing, and your works are utterly worthless. Whoever chooses you is detestable. I have stirred up one from the north, and he comes, one from the rising sun who calls on my name. He treads on rules as if they were mortar, as if he were a potter treading the clay. Who told of this from the beginning, so we could know, or beforehand, so we could say, he was right? No one told of this. No one foretold it. No one heard any words from you. I was the first to tell Zion, look, here they are. I gave to Jerusalem a messenger of good news. I looked, but there is no one, no one among the gods to give counsel, no one to give answer when I ask them. See, they are all false. Their deeds amount to nothing. Their images are but wind and confusion. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him, and he will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. In faithfulness he will bring forth justice. He will not falter or be discouraged till he establishes justice on earth. In his teaching the islands will put their hope. This is what God, the Lord, says, the creator of the heavens, who stretches them out, who spreads out the earth with all that springs from it, who gives breath to its people and life to those who walk on it. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles, to open eyes that are blind, to free captives from prison, and to release from the dungeons those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord. That is my name. I will not yield my glory to another or my praise to idols. See, the former things have taken place, and new things I declare. Before they spring into being, I announce them to you. Sing to the Lord a new song, his praise from the ends of the earth. You who go down to the sea and all that is in it, you islands and all who live in them, let the wilderness and its towns raise their voices. Let the settlements where Kadar lives rejoice. Let the people of Salah sing for joy. Let them shout from the mountaintops. Let them give glory to the Lord and proclaim his praise in the islands. The Lord will march out like a champion. Like a warrior, he will stir up his zeal. With a shout, he will raise the battle cry and will triumph over his enemies. For a long time, I have kept silent. I have been quiet and held myself back. But now, like a woman in childbirth, I cry out. I gasp and pant. I will lay waste the mountains and hills and dry up all their vegetation. I will turn rivers into islands and dry up the pools. I will lead the blind by way they have not known. Along unfamiliar paths, I will guide them. I will turn the darkness into light before them and make the rough places smooth. These are the things I will do. I will not forsake them. But those who trust in idols, who say to images, you are our gods, will be turned back in utter shame. Hear you deaf, Look, you blind and see, who is blind but my servant, and deaf like the messenger I send? Who is blind like the one in covenant with me, blind like the servant of the Lord? You have seen many things, but you pay no attention. 
Your ears are open, but you do not listen. It pleased the Lord for the sake of his righteousness to make his law great and glorious. But this is a people plundered and looted, all of them trapped in its pits or hidden away in prisons. They have become plunder with no one to rescue them. They have been made loot with no one to say, send them back. Which of you will listen to this or pay close attention in time to come? Who handed Jacob over to become loot and Israel to the plunderers? Was it not the Lord against whom we have sinned? For they would not follow his way. They did not obey his law. So he poured out on them his burning anger, the violence of war. It enveloped them in flames, yet they did not understand. It consumed them, but they did not take it to heart. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned, for the flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your steed. Since you are precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you, I will give people in exchange for you, nations in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Lead out those who have eyes but are blind, who have ears but are deaf. All the nations gather together and the people assemble. Which of their gods foretold this and proclaimed to us the former things? Let them bring in their witnesses to prove they were right, so that others may hear and say, It is true. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me no God was formed, nor will there be one after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and apart from me there is no Savior. I have revealed and saved and proclaimed, I, and not some foreign God among you. You are my witness, declares the Lord, that I am God. Yes, and from the ancient days I am He. No one can deliver out of my hand. When I act, who can reverse it? This is what the Lord says, Your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. For your sake I will send to Babylon and bring down as fugitives all the Babylonians and the ships in which they took pride. I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's Creator, your King. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there, never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. Yet you have not called on me, Jacob. You have not wearied yourselves for me, Israel, you have not brought me sheep for burnt offering, nor honored me with your sacrifices. I have not burdened you with grain offerings, 
nor wearied you with demands for incense. You have not bought any fragrant columns for me or lavished on me the fat of your sacrifices, but you have burdened me with your sins and wearied me with your offenses. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. Review the past for me. Let us argue the matter together. State the case for your innocence. Your first father sinned, those I sent to teach you rebelled against me, so I disgraced the dignitaries of your temple. I consigned Jacob to destruction and Israel to scorn. Ezekiel chapter 4. Now, son of man, take a block of clay, put in front of you, and draw the city of Jerusalem on it. Then lay siege to it, erect siege works against it, build a ramp up to it, set up camps against it, and put battering rams around it. Then take an iron pan, Place it as an iron wall between you and the city and turn your face toward it. It will be under a siege and you shall besiege it. This will be assigned to the people of Israel. Then lie on your left side and put the sin of the people of Israel upon yourself. You are to bear their sin for the number of days you lie on your side. I have assigned you the same number of days as the years of their sin. So for 390 days you will bear the sin of the people of Israel." After you have finished this, lie down again, this time on your right side, and bear the sin of the people of Judah. I have assigned you forty days, a day for each year. Turn your face towards the siege of Jerusalem, and with barred arm prophecy against her. I will tie you up with ropes so that you cannot turn from one side to the other until you have finished the days of your siege. Take wheat and barley, beans and lentils, millet and spelt, put them in a storage jar and use them to make bread for yourself. You are to eat it during the 390 days you lie on your side. Weigh out 20 shekels of food to eat each day and eat at set times. Also measure out a sixth of a hen of water and drink it at set times. Eat the food as you would a loaf of barley bread. Bake it in the sight of the people, using human excrement for fuel. The Lord said, In this way the people of Israel will eat defiled food among the nations where I will drive them. Then I said, Not so, sovereign Lord. I have never defiled myself. From my youth until now I have never eaten anything found dead or torn by wild animals. No impure meat has ever entered my mouth. Very well, he said. I will let you bake your bread over cow dung instead of human excrement. He then said to me, Son of man, I am about to cut off the food supply in Jerusalem. The people will eat rationed food in anxiety and drink rationed water in despair. For food and water will be scarce. They will be appalled at the sight of each other and will waste away because of their sin. Now, son of man, take a sharp sword and use it as a barber's razor to shave your head and your beard. Then take a set of scales and divide up the hair. When the day of your siege comes to an end, burn a third of the hair inside the city. Take a third and strike it with the sword all around the city, and scatter a third to the wind, for I will pursue them with the drawn sword. But take a few hairs and tuck them away in the folds of your garment. Again, take a few of these and throw them into the fire and burn them up. A fire will spread from there to all Israel. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. This is Jerusalem, which I have set in the center of the nations, with countries all around her. Yet in her wickedness she has rebelled against my laws and decrees more than the nations and countries around her. She has rejected my laws and has not followed my decrees. Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says, You have been more unruly than the nations around you and have not followed my decrees or kept my laws. 
you have not even conformed to the standards of the nations around you. Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says, I myself am against you, Jerusalem, and I will inflict punishment on you in the sight of the nations because of all your detestable idols. I will do to you what I have never done before and will never do again. Therefore, in your midst, parents will eat their children and children will eat their parents. I will inflict punishment on you and will scatter all your survivors to the winds. Therefore, as surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, because you have defiled my sanctuary with all your vile images and detestable practices, I myself will shave you. I will not look on you with pity or spare you. A third of you will die of the plague or perish by famine inside you. A third will fall by the sword outside your walls, and a third I will scatter to the winds and pursue with drawn sword. Then my anger will cease, and my wrath against them will subside, and I will be avenged. And when I have spent my wrath on them, they will know that I, the Lord, have spoken in my zeal. I will make you a ruin and a reproach among the nations around you, in the sight of all who pass by. You will be a reproach and a taunt, a warning and an object of horror to the nations around you when I inflict punishment on you in anger and in wrath and with stinging rebuke. I, the Lord, have spoken. When I shoot at you with my deadly and destructive arrows of famine, I will shoot to destroy you. I will bring more and more famine upon you and cut off your supply of food. I will send famine and wild beasts against you, and they will leave you childless. Plague and bloodshed will sweep around you, and I will bring the sword against you. I, the Lord, have spoken. The people of God, or at least the first wave, have been taken to the empire of Babylon. And this part of the story in Isaiah may read at times like the people feel hopeless or angry and untrusting of God in exile. Questions like, are we here forever? Is this our new normal? Perhaps is this consequence justified? Was it deserved? Which I say in our modern language, but we might get that sense from their attitude and response in this story. It almost makes sense a forced move and giving up of like all control would unhinge most of us. But it's becoming clear to me that the wisdom books, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Job really resonate with me and that we can have all the feelings, as Max Licato and Archbishop Tutu write in their different books, emotions wash over us. We experience them. So fear, anger, even happiness, these are all transient, although they can feel enduring and intense. We can recognize and name these feelings, put them into questions, and bring our thoughts and feelings all before the Lord. He has demonstrated a desire for this type of relationship from the Garden of Eden, Abraham, Moses, Job, Jacob, and so on. The warning, though, is not to allow our questions, our feelings to dislocate us from our relationship with Him, our knowledge that He is wisdom and we cannot fathom all that He knows and understands. If we hear ourselves asking, is God good? Maybe we want to pause and consider what we did in that question. I think I've said this before. If we ask if God is good, then we are assuming we are all-knowing or we are and we know what goodness is separate from God. This would be a red flag to me and my heart because God wants us to prioritize our relationship and trust in Him, our faith over knowing and having all the details. He wants us to know His details, 
what he's disclosed. So the strongest safeguard that we have learned in the story from this type of drift, even in exile, is to remember the story, God's story, what we've been reading. Remember the details of who God is and Shema. Love him with our whole hearts and obey him as we seek to become the kingdom of priests he called us to be in this mission of God's to put the world right, to redeem and restore. God responds to the people's assertion in chapter 40, verse 27 here in Isaiah, that they have been ignored or neglected by God. But in chapter 41, God responds. He gives this message, and I think it's pretty clear. The exile was designed. It was a judgment, a consequence to end enduring sin, violence, and suffering. It was not neglect. It was intentional. And not for the purpose of harming, but as Dr. Mackey says, God is responding that his actions are for their sake. I don't imagine it's for their comfort, liking, or preference, but nonetheless, this was orchestrated on purpose. And we know from other passages, such as Jeremiah 29, 11, God's actions are not for the intent of harming, but for hope and a future. This doesn't need to get confused with, I like it, it's all happiness, right? It's hard. We have to sit with it, right? Because hope in a future is to move the mission forward. And sometimes, yes, sometimes, this means God will not immediately provide an escape to difficult situations, and He may allow or bring difficult situations for reasons that are judgment and for a lot of other reasons, as we've read already. Going back to Job, and again, but as we're reading here, God will respond to defection and dislocation. He will write the world, write the story, and set us back on course. Yesterday, we read chapters 1 through 3 of Ezekiel, where we are given the context. He was supposed to become a priest. He was from Jerusalem, that southern tribe, but he has been taken by the Babylonians and now sits in their refugee camp along an irrigation river just after his 30th birthday, which was when he was supposed to become a priest. That's Dr. Mackey's take on it from the Bible Project, and I think it's very vivid. Then, in an incredible vision, God gives a message to Ezekiel, and we know a messenger of God is called a prophet. We recall how God is bringing His presence in a vision, even to a people group in exile through Ezekiel. That's so cool. We are reminded that Ezekiel was just the first wave of exiles to be taken from Jerusalem to Babylon. Their second wave is coming, and the city of Jerusalem will be totally destroyed. The accusations we hear again against Israel. In this case, I think it's maybe collectively Israel, but also specifically the, the southern kingdom. The false worship and moral depravity that so often leads to violence and social injustice, we are reminded that our relationship with God is designed to give us the leadership to use whatever the position of authority, control, and influence God gives us to bless others, which is so often self-sacrificial and seeking to intercede for others in prayer and prodigally care for them, putting God on display. We don't just receive God, we respond, and we don't just send or get sent to do something. We continually receive from the Lord and give to others. It's this very dynamic relationship that we're seeing patterned out. Here in chapter 4 and 5, we read about Ezekiel's uniqueness as more than a messenger, but a thespian of sorts, giving acts as signs. Marty Solomon describes it as Ezekiel running into a busy area, giving a word or performance, and then running back out. 
Remember the stories about the models of Jerusalem he built and destroyed, and the story about shaving all the hair and all the places it would go? And then do you remember that pretty wild story about laying on his side and eating food cooked over poop? Oh, Dr. Mackey describes this imagery as the scapegoat offering of atonement. This part of the story ends with bad news. Ezekiel is told that the people will not listen. They will have a hard heart. It reads similar to the story we read in Deuteronomy of Moses being told that the people would not listen and they would also be exiled. I also thought the part where Ezekiel was still accountable for being God's messenger was really interesting. Regardless of knowing the overall outcome, he still was told, don't quit. Don't quit the story. Don't quit the mission. I'm holding you accountable. God certainly hasn't quit or given up on us. The mission is still on, and it's more critical than ever. Can't wait to go on tomorrow. Pray for me. I'm praying for you. My prayer is this, found in Philippians 1, 9 through 11, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ for the glory and praise of God. What is this fruit? It is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Galatians 5, 22 through 24. See you tomorrow.